loves and welcome to another episode of Love Meach Podcast. Today is officially Mommy's Day, so happy Mother's Day to our pre-moms, moms and waitings, moms of angel babies, and current moms that are holding down the throne. We appreciate every single thing that you do. There's no harder job in the world than the job of a mother. So this is going to be a three-part series. Oh, wait. Can we pause for the calls? I got a new intro. Y'all like my new intro? I am just loving Kalani's new CD. It's a couple songs on there that I skipped past, but I love her whole spiritual journey. You know, learning from her past, just growing and evolving. Like a lot of, if you look at a lot of Divine Feminine, they are going through an upgrade. They are evolving. They are turning from the maiden to the mother that wisdom that knowledge is coming through they are evolving they are on that grown woman ish and i am just loving it i am just loving like a lot of spiritual people were saying you know be careful don't mess with that divine feminine and i'm noticing a lot of celebrities are getting divorced they're leaving these men kevin samuels just died i don't know the tea on that but he was definitely bashing the women. Some of the stuff he was saying, I was agreeing with it. But it's not what you say. It's how you say it always. It carries energy. Energy could be high frequency or low. And, you know, you have to pay for all the energy you dish out, good or bad. You 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 eat what you put out. Um, everything is numbers and frequencies. And yin and yang is real. Like... I had a previous podcast where I called out to the Divine Masculine to please. No, 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 no. (laughs) My daddy dog about trying to eat my mama plants. Uh, To call out to Divine Masculine to please, like, step into your Divine Masculine. Like, connect with Source. Like, grow. Oh! Hold on. convinced that men were bred with dogs because <laughs> I cannot. my cats are so smart I don't know about these dogs but um you know like they hunt they protect just like a dog cats are very smart they open doors I don't know I'm gonna look that up female and cat men and dog for sure but um May Kevin Samuels rest in peace. Uh, young Pharaoh was going through a lot. He was causing chaos with his uh, divine feminine. It's like there were once upon a time women were created first. We were God's most prized possession, and we breed it by ourselves. There was no men. It was all women. We had three X chromosomes, and we bred by ourselves. And then if you read in the Bible in Genesis, one another set of species created by another guys, because there's more, God had children. If you go look at uh the Sumerian text, I knew and it's like it was like a whole family he had seven kids and then they had kids and they had kids. So okay, there's there's a legion of gods here. But the primordial creator created the divine feminine. And Another set of the creators looked on the women and took them as wives. If I were to redo the Bible, that would be an amazing Bible, y'all, by the way. It'd be like, I would say, 
and them and and those men did not take those wives those women to be wives they forced themselves on them they raped them and they breeded you know because that was the way that you bring forth life is what you bring into the world so if it's a beautiful ceremonial act with you your partner and god that's going to be a beautiful union a beautiful seed that you're going to bring in the world and if it's chaos unfortunately that child's going to have that chaos energy and of course it's up to them to tame it or you know be a product of that energy but anyways i've just been noticing that the divine feminine (laughs) has been rightfully put on her throne and it's been a lot of hell and chaos for men so please take heed connect with god honor your woman and get back in position because i'm a libra and libra's judge judgment is here okay so i just love my intro i love how kalani on her spiritual journey Uh, i did a new intro and outro And I wanted to do a three-part series, um, one, two, and three. One on life coaching, two on healing modalities, and three on trauma. So I'm on a journey as well. We all are. You journey forever to the end of time. That's what life is. Um, But on this journey, I've just been learning so much. Um, So this, I'm going to continue to tell you guys about life coaching as I go through it. But this this three-part series is going to be life coaching, healing modalities, and trauma. Oh, my God. I cannot wait to dig deep into the healing modalities and the trauma because I've just like learned so much. I've just been able to put so many pieces to this puzzle together and it's just bringing me so much joy and I want to share it with everyone else. Okay, so as we start our podcast, we like to go over our recos. So I want to start with a local business reco, a local or business reco, which will be Udemy. Um, and I wanted to give a shout out to my life coach professor his name is kane ramsey um you can go to udemy.com and you can sign up for his life coaching class um i completed my class on january 28 2022 it's a certificate of completion awarded to me life coaching certificate course beginner to advance the holder of this certificate has successfully completed a course in life coaching on udemy the academy of modern applied psychology i have learned so much in this class so when i went through the class of course he's teaching you all the methods he's talking about his life journey his life stories and it's so intimate and personal like he really went back to his childhood his trauma with his dad and you know really just one-on-one helping you understand how this works and I love his teaching methods because he starts out by saying, before you can teach anyone else, you have to teach yourself. So this life coaching uh, class was not just about teaching others. He's really helping you how to teach yourself and heal yourself. So I am my, my first client. I am my client. So as I'm going through, I printed out all the paperwork. Oh, my God. I had to, like, send this order to Staples because it was so many pages to print. And I have a box full of papers. The lady was like, oh, my God. She was like, your order was so big. Um, and I forgot to do both sides, so it's, it probably is big because I didn't print it double side, but that's okay because I'm writing notes all on the back and stuff. But um, in his class, he's like, you are your first client. So I'm actually working through um, the pages, and it's just like, oh, my God, it's, just, it's helping me in more ways than I thought. You know how you look at a movie, and 
you look at it again, you be like, oh, I didn't catch that the first time. Or, oh, that's how I feel. Because I took the class, but as I'm going through it again, it's like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> um, and I do be learning other stuff, too. So I think the more you learn, you open doors and unlike open windows, open doors to different things. And so when you look at new scenarios, you see things differently. For example, think of a situation that you went through in the past. You may have felt completely one way about it before. But as you look at it now, you're probably like, oh, my God, I wasn't even that serious or something like that. So yeah, shout out to you, Demi. Check them out. Um, another thing with the spiritual journey, it's not really about saving everyone else. It's really about saving yourself. And by saving yourself, you are able to help others. So I'm going to go to the next category, which will be a video, movie, TV reco, which will be X-Files. I have had... Oh, wait, pause. I'm going to let you hear um, Kane Ramsey, and then we're going to come back and talk about X-Files actually sits amongst today's fastest growing occupations in the world. And as you've probably noticed, there's a never-ending range of new methods and magical processes in which you can be trained. So my name's Kane Ramsey, and over the last 10 years or so, I've now trained thousands of people who, just like you, were also interested in learning a pragmatic, a straightforward and highly actionable life coaching process that anyone, regardless of experience, can start implementing right away. Now, I like to teach coaching in a very systematic and commonsensical way that's grounded in principles and that's focused on results and that cultivates personal growth in a valuable way that naturally gravitates people towards the goals and the outcomes that they actually want to see happen in their life. Now it's probably useful to note that life coaching is not a regulated profession, which essentially means that there's no one organisation with the one-size-fits-all approach that people can take for living responsible, rewarding, progress-orientated or purpose-driven lives. Instead, I'd like to propose that the best we can hope for is a solid understanding of what actually drives human behaviour. Because once we understand what actually makes people tick, we can then start positively influencing people towards taking the practical steps that they need to take for turning their goals and aspirations into real-time, tangible results. So if you join me on this journey, you're going to find this course to be thoroughly grounded in modern applied psychology, where I'm going to take a range of time-proven ideas and break them down into actionable bite-sized chunks, so that on completion you're going to feel more than ready to get yourself out there and start coaching other people in life right away. Now this Ecology Certified Life Coach training comes with over 31 hours of video-based training and an extensive range of coaching and personal development related resources which you can download and either use it yourself or share with Okay, so I forgot. I pre-recorded um, clips for everything that I'm talking about just so you can kind of hear a snippet of it. It takes longer to do the podcast, but I think you'll appreciate it more. So that's fine. I'll take a little bit more time to do it. So I have been watching X-Files and it has just... I used to be so scared of X-Files. Every episode, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I just love it. I don't know where my mom was at before, but I am loving it. It's an old TV show and I'm just not watching it. So I'm on season two now, and um, I was asking my dad, like, should I see the movie? He was like, no, do the episodes first, then do the movie. I was like, okay. And he was like, I used, I watched all of that. Um, and I was like, I don't remember you watching that growing up. Like, I remember Star Wars and stuff like that. He was like, yeah, I watched the whole season. I'm like, oh, okay. So it's Scully and Mulder. Um... Mulder, he his sister was abducted. So he's like, there are aliens. You know, he joined uh, FBI. He like, there are aliens. You know, the government is high and stuff. Like, he like, whatever. I'm going to collect all my clues and I'm going to call them X-Files. 
Scully is this doctor and she just always gonna go with science and faith and whatever like it just be every episode I be getting so mad at her because it's like they don't adapt to your ass you got the marks on your back and you still don't believe or you know you saw the man that looked just like a fish in the swamp and you still don't believe it's just like everything but that's literally like the world like I keep saying why they won't show the evidence but to be honest even if they do show the evidence people either gonna believe or they're not and yeah i don't think you could force anybody to do anything we have free will so they're either gonna believe this stuff to be true or believe it to be fiction even though it's 100 percent true and uh, that could be so confusing at times but check out x file i have a link below where you can look at it for the free on zochip.com or let me give you the rule www3.zochip.com um when did we start doing this ww3 that was my first time seeing that like okay <laughs> i'm so used to ww say ww3 but i say it because you can get all your movies all your tv shows everything for free like i will always be a free just like i know internet is free and the moment i figure out how to do that it's over i think like even though this app is free people still gonna play for next week people still gonna pay for stuff because they want to pay excuse me but if something is free why not like why would i choose to pay i don't understand um and rich people they're really frugal with their money too like we might want to go get an expensive pair of shoes and they might go to a really cheap store and get a cheap pair it's like they they have all the money in the world and they don't want to pay so yeah so I'm going to pause for a moment so you can hear a clip for X-Files and then we're going to come back and do our podcast wrinkle. ...alien life forms through wormholes in spaceships using electrogravitic propulsion. Advanced extraterrestrial species visiting us, concerned for mankind and the threat of our self-destruction, forestalling our annihilation through their own self-sacrifice in crashes at Roswell, more importantly places like Aztec. World leaders signed secret memos directing scientific studies of alien technology and biochemistry. Classified studies were done at military installations S-4, Groom Lake, Wright-Patterson, and Dulce. Extracting alien tissue. Tests were done on unsuspecting human subjects. And elaborately staged abductions in craft using alien technology recovered from the down saucers. <laughs> including human hybridization through gene editing and forced implantation of alien embryos. Why do such a thing and lie about it? Our own government. Your own government lies as a matter of course, as a matter of policy. The Tuskegee experiments on black men in the 30s, Henrietta Lacks. What are they trying to do? That's the missing piece. But it's not hard to imagine. A government hiding, hoarding alien technology for 70 years at the expense of human life and the future of the planet. Driven not only by corporate greed, but a darker objective the takeover of America. And then the world itself, by any means necessary, however violent, or cruel, or efficient. By severe drought, brought on by weather wars, conducted secretly using aerial contaminants and high altitude electromagnetic waves, in a state of perpetual war, to create problem, reaction, solution scenarios to distract, enrage, and enslave American citizens at home with tools like the Patriot Act and the National Defense Authorization Act, which abridge the Constitution in the name of national security. 
the militarization of police forces in cities across the U.S., the building of prison camps by the Federal Emergency Management Agency with no stated purpose, the corporate takeover of food and agriculture, pharmaceuticals and healthcare, even the military in clandestine agendas to fatten, dull, sicken, and control a populace already consumed by consumerism. And I encourage you all to go shopping more. A government that taps your phone, collects your data, and monitors your whereabouts with impunity. A government preparing to use that data against you when it strikes. And the final takeover begins. The takeover of America. By a well-oiled and well-armed multinational group of elites that will cull, kill, and subjugate. Happening as we sit here. It's happening all around us. The other shoe waiting to drop. It'll probably start on a Friday. The banks will announce a security action necessitating their computers to go offline all weekend. Digital money will disappear. They can just steal your money? Followed by the detonation of strategic electromagnetic pulse bombs to knock out major grids. What will seem like an attack on America by terrorists or Russia. Or a simulated alien invasion using alien replica vehicles that exist and are already in use. An alien invasion of the U.S. The Russians tried it in 47. You can't say these things. I'm going to say them tomorrow. All right. And then I want to give a shout out to B. Simone and her best friend, Megan. Their podcast is phenomenal. I have just been binging on their podcast. Um, B. Simone is so goofy. I did not know she was that goofy. Like, oh, my God, I cannot. I would not be able to deal. Um, podcast five when her best friend. Oh, and I was hooked when they invited my girl. Um, let me get her name real quick. Let me get her name real quick. Brittany Renner. Because I like people who are themselves, regardless of what people think. Um, Superhead, she was herself. You know, everybody want to call her a hoe, but everybody was lined up. Um, you know, everybody wants to talk about Britney Renner, this, that, the other, but y'all was in her DMs. It's like, I love people who accept what they do, and it's like, take it or leave it. Um, they're standing on their truth, and it is what it is. And uh, they aren't really, like, changing for society or changing to conform. They're just being themselves. And... I call it a rebel spirit because I see it in a lot of people that I like and admire. Kalani is another one. I'm pretty sure they wanted her to be a whole Beyonce. But here she is with all these tattoos and she's being herself. She got songs talking about altars and stuff. That's not the norm. Um, I don't know. I just like people who are like, unbo I, I call it unboxable. I just really love that. Like, what? who said I have to be an idea of what you expect? Like, absolutely not. I want to be an idea of what I expect today. And that could change tomorrow. Like, unapologetically. Like, I don't know. But then Brittany Renner was also saying how she did some things in the past that she doesn't feel was right. Like, she was, people were married and she was messing with their men. And it ended up happening to her. And so, she was able to see how that felt on the other side while she was pregnant and with child and stuff. Trying to be this man's wife. And, you know, and life will do that, too. So, as much as we want karma, just just do you. Sow your good seeds and do you because what people are going to get whatever they're supposed to get. And she, she honestly admitted that. She was like, and it came back and got me. 
So she was like, if you out there, don't be messing with people, man. Like she had she had to touch the stove to learn that I was wrong. Um, you know, so that was just her testimony. But and she owned it. She didn't lie or deny it. She owned it. Um, but I think that's one part of life that I do love. You get to learn and grow and develop. You should be able to look back and say, I did a couple of things that I probably should not have done. That's growth. If you look back and say everything you did was was good, knowing that it was wrong, well, have you grown? Um, or if you're still doing the same things that you were doing years ago, uh, definitely have you grown. So, but anyways, um, BS and Megan's podcast is amazing. The episode that I love where Megan was talking about her mental health, how some days she just did not want to live probably every day, but she's not going to bombard people about it or, you know, make them, you know, feel sorry for her. She's going to, you know, um, play the cards that she was dealt and keep thugging it out but she ended the podcast by saying she was put here for a mission and she is not going to go back home to God until she's finished and I wrote a poem about that but I'm going to save it um well you know what let me just go ahead and and say it um because it kind of goes with what what she was saying like even though she may not want to be here life is hard like she has an autistic son and different things like that and she just uh she's bipolar and different medicines and stuff like that she just she takes things to an extreme where others may not and she's just she's just basically saying her cars are hard life is hard and I think all of our cars are hard that's why they were given to us so that you know it could be a challenge and I actually saw a quote that was saying um challenge equals change um complacency equals stagnant and we all know everything has to vibrate and move so you either you you either groom yourself to continue to change when things are going good or bad things are going to keep coming your way because that's the only way you're going to change i think we should remember that too when things are good still work your behind off still grow still challenge yourself or guess who will be knocking on the door chaos change destruction so yeah just the more i grow and learn i just be like okay i see what's going on here but this is my um this is my uh poem the greatest tragedy dying before discovering your god-given gift is life's biggest tragedy god gave you your gift not only to heal yourself your gift to self is also able to heal others life is a math equation yin plus yang equals life broken down again translates to negative plus positive equals life Broken down yet again translate to bad plus good equals life. Translated yet again turns out to be devils and angels equal life. Broken down yet again translate to trauma plus healing equals life. Summarized equates to life is a cumulative of yin. Think of it as the negative, the bad, the demonic, and the trauma and the traumatic that happens to people places or things and yang think of it as the positive the good the angelic and the healing that happens to people places or things we all bear the burden of dealing with trauma but god was gracious enough to leave hidden healing modalities all over in people places and things life's biggest tragedy is dying from all of the yin before discovering that the yang could cure you (laughs) so i'm gonna start writing and put everything like a little I love quotes, but here I am making little quotes and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's how it's like, oh, my God, like, everybody goes through something. But but since polarities exist, if you are poor and you need money, there's something out there that 
there's a solution out there that can help you get money. You just got to figure it out. It's like a math equation. What plus what equals that? And I learned that in this. I learned that in this life coaching class too. So I can't wait to go over that. Okay, so um, let's see. So since I was talking about the Know For Sure podcast, I'm going to let you guys hear a clip. I will be right back. Actually, not I'm gassy so today. <laughs> if I'm so glad you asked me. I'm glad. Thank you for asking. <laughs> I'm not asking because I want to know, bitch. I'm trying to ask so you can get the fuck up out my face with it. We're still learning this podcast <laughs> thing, you guys. I'm so sorry for the inconvenience. <laughs> If you are not watching and you're listening, please go to the YouTube and see the visual. Okay. Um, Are you good? Welcome back. Welcome back (laughs) to the fucking Know For Sure podcast. Jeez Louise. All right. Okay. So you guys know that we start every episode with our skin deep. No. The and. and, Mm -hmm. It's called the and by skin deep. Mm And we have several editions. This one is the Stranger Editions. And we're not strangers, but it's almost interesting to ask questions. Because, like, have you ever been so, like, wrapped up in a relationship that your connection just kind of carries you away and you don't know the basic things? Mm -hmm. Like your favorite color. Little things. Little things. Simple things. You know kind of that deep connection, but you don't know, like... Like, what your parents' names, yeah. your, your last name, your middle name. Crazy. Your favorite color. Like, little That's things like that. Crazy. So, it's cool to do is the your stranger. Chris? My dad's name is Chris. Okay. Whew. But his real name is Charles. Did you know that? Never. They call him Chuck. Knew that. Okay. I feel you like I knew Chuck. Chuck yeah. And mom's Chris. name is Yvette. My mom's name is Yvette. You don't know my mom's name. Yes, I do. What? Fuck. That's wild. Do you know? No, see? I do know your mom's name. Do but you? it's like I don't say no, it all, saying, I don't say it that yeah, often. And I've I'm never not that met close to my mom. I don't I've never, never met, met her mom. mom. I'm not in saying person. she should know it, but I'm saying that it's wild to That's, think about. Yeah, it's like we've been friends for twenty years 20 and I don't just years. know it off the top of my head. Or like, do you know my granny's name? Granny? No. I just say Shirley. Granny. Okay, I do know that. that. I do Shirley, I didn't know yeah. that. And Wesley is. But see, little stuff like that just connects you to the I know Wesley and I know that side of the family. Like I know all those that side. But I yeah, because I never met I so I just met Granny face to face after all those years. Crazy. Just a couple years ago. Crazy. Or last year. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So, anyway. Um, but, anyway, these are good. This is a good little icebreaker. Even if you're not, even if you've known each other for a long time, the Stranger Edition is still cool because it asks questions that you typically mm-hmm. wouldn't. So I'm and gonna, I always do these my little new boos. I love doing this with like guys you're talking to. For real. Cause it's so, like, we were literally, <laughs> we were literally just somewhere came to see her oh and she's God. like before i get on the flight she's like you wouldn't happen to bring the skin deep like, cars did you i'm like because no. he asked me he was like did you bring the cars we we said we was gonna do it in person and i forgot them but why would i have I'm sorry babe just in case you have these in your purse okay so i pulled some and then i'll let you okay pick a random so card. we always start with the cards and we're doing the strangers edition Stranger but we're not strangers edition. obviously <clears throat> okay how do you define success Ooh, I like that. I like that. I know my answer. Go ahead. I'll let you do. Success to me has changed as I've matured and grown, but Mm -hmm. now success to me is, that's my thing. I'm on it right now, internal and eternal peace. Yeah. No matter the situation. And I learned a lot of that from you. Like, 
A homeless person can be under a bridge and have peace. peace. And a rich billionaire could be in their mansion committing suicide. Like, it doesn't matter the tangible things you have. Of course, the money, the cars, the the jewelry. This is just the cherry on top. This is not what I'm yearning for in life. This is just a little dessert, a Mm -hmm. little extra, a little Mm -hmm. seconds, whatever. Mm -hmm. But the real definition of success is having internal and eternal peace having peace forever in any situation you're in you just have peace about it and I feel like I'm moving like like even with my breakup I'm like it's sad but I'm actually it's a calmness over me I'm not raging and I'm not upset and every little thing doesn't yeah I don't think I ever even saw you mad like I never saw you angry at him I was never angry I was I don't think I ever saw you be angry about it I saw you be sad about it a lot but I think that you knew I think all right, so I have um, the next Rico would be Rinky Healing Prayer Rico. It would be for the primordial creator source. I like the word primordial creator because it's, there's a lot of God. So when you say God, you could be sending them blessings or them wishings out to an evil demon God or a good God. So. I say primordial because the one that started the whole shebang, okay? Let's make sure this prayer go to the right department, the right line. And I also like source, too, because the source of it all, you know? Um, so my Rinky healing and prayer record would be for the primordial creator or source that gifted life coaches and therapists and holistic healers. Because if there's going to be chaos and destruction and tragedy and all this other stuff like what life is that i'm so gracious that okay since this exists i'm gonna also put this there like help is there help is on the way is there i just need you to reach out and touch somebody's hand so (laughs) it's so funny that we all we go through something we overcome and then we end up teaching others how to overcome so it's like everybody is going through the same thing it's just we're going through different things but they're really the same thing oh and uh earlier today i was listening to um another mentor teacher's spiritual advisor and he was mentioning how um you can be addicted to emotions now i know cigarettes weed sex all this other stuff i'm like yes but emotions you mean tell me you could be addicted to being angry you could be addicted to being happy. You could be addicted to emotions, which translates to endorphins and pheromones, that chemical reactions in the brain, which means if you are so addicted to them, your body is craving them. You need those reactions to function. So you could actually be causing your own trauma because, because you're addicted to drama, you're going to always cause drama so that you could get your fix on drama. Or you, you like being mad, so you're always going to, focus on mad so you can get your mad fix or you know what i mean i think i'm a i may be addicted to happy too because when i'm not in these happy situations it's like oh my god you want to go in the house he'd be going i think he hot he'd be going under the chair like it's hot out here i'll sit out here all day so um i thought that was interesting so yeah you can be addicted to emotions so check your emotions um so yeah that's rinky music reco um 
It's going to be only the real going to relate by Rashad Jamal. And in that whole C, I have the link below. And um, Oshun Unplugged. I have the link below. Oh, I had the wrong link for Jamal. I have to update that. Um, Oshun been missing for a minute, but they came out with a CD called Unplugged. A song, a single called Unplugged, and I relate. Like I was just telling my wall, I'm going to turn this phone off. Oh, I don't have a phone. <laughs> phone number is gone, y'all. People been trying to call me, and someone else has the number. And I like not being at everybody's beck and call. Like I'm working on myself. Ugh. I, all my energy is being poured into me. Um, however, I do still have email and stuff like that. So, and uh, internet phone, so people could still contact me. But I have always just been on go, 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 go for everybody else. And now it's just me. Hold on. He want to go inside. One. And I like the video because at the end they they were walking in the water and at the end they went under the water and I don't know if y'all been seeing these uh, little images of mermaids uh, little kids on the beach half human half mermaid now I if mermaids don't exist which I just feel like they do um, Disney turned a lot of fable or fairy tales into Disney movies they aren't fables or fairy tales. They're true. Stories that have been um, passed down for generations. You can go look at old sailor journals and stuff where they were out to sea and they would talk about sirens and all this. And other. People don't have time to sit down and make this stuff up over and over again. Do people have experienced something on the deep, wild ocean? But we don't really know what's up there. We haven't even explored the ocean trying to figure out space. But um, I do feel like with our government, too... I wouldn't put them past them if they try to mix a shark and a human, a whale and a human, and be coming up with species, too. So, don't forget, for every original, man tries to make um, a GMO copy. God gave us apples and bananas and stuff, and I had go man duplicating them, but they are completely different. Real bananas have black seeds in them. If you look at our bananas now, growing up, I definitely would see them, but they're very rare if you can find them. Um... So, yeah, just pretty soon we ain't going to know real from fact fact unless we pass this stuff down because they're replacing everything. Trees used to be as big as mountains. Now look at them. They don't compare. People are amazed by the red oak trees in California. Why? Trees were as big as mountains. 
Um, they have pictures of giants that you can find with big giant doorways and big giant books. We're not going to make no big book like that. Something larger than us ha have had to. There's pictures of military people that have shot down um, giants that apparently live inside the earth. Inside the earth is bigger than the surface that we live on. We haven't even tapped into a lot of the stuff. But anyways, check out Oshun. I'm going to press pause for a moment so you can hear a clip of Oshun's Unplugged song um, that I just adore. teacher mentor guide recos i found two new people on youtube that were saying some interesting things the first one was flaburn i have her link below and the next one was Paige flowers i have her link below not Paige. honey Paige had me going i bench all hers flaburn is more long-winded like me but um what both of them are but flaburn Paige has fewer videos so i was able to go through all of hers from beginning to now Flaburn has been in this game since 2014, so it's going to take me a minute to go through hers. But Flaburn was mentioning black aliens, and I've never um, heard of black aliens. I'm a aliens. I've heard of the Anunnaki and different stuff like that, but you think of blue aliens, you think of green aliens, but she said there's actually black aliens, so that's what had caught my eye, and I started looking at some more of her videos. Now, Miss Paige Flowers has been talking about how you can change your status to a more and not have to pay taxes and not being stopped by the police and just different stuff like that because and I found another teacher and I'm not just going to up and change it is on the to-do list I'm going to get a couple books read a little bit more get my education and foundation firm before I go through with it I have already changed my identity to Native American because I know that for a fact grandmother mentioned that we are Cherokee. So while y'all around here calling people black and we are not, give us our true name. So I'm already Native American. However, this thing goes back deeper than that. So we are African-Americans now because they messed up our name. But before we were Native Americans, 
before we were Native Americans, we wore Moors. And before we were Moors, we were Egyptians. And before we were Egyptians, I'm pretty sure we were Anunnaki. Like this, the names can just keep going. You hear me? Um, just like if you go on Ancestry right now and you look at all the last names, it goes back and they keep changing. That's the same way of, of, of our ethnicity. It keeps changing. So if you are um, Native right now, and you marry a white person and y'all have a kid, the baby has two two um, cultures. They're going to be Caucasian and they're going to be Native. So why can't we keep up with our cultures when mixing took place? We're African-American now, but we were Natives. And then, you know, we were moors and we were egyptians and we were anunnaki like as you continue to mix and the blood becomes diluted they give that species a new name however you will not know where you're going or you cannot plan your destination without knowing your past so that has just been my mission to just continue to dig deep into my past which which leads to a child of god a god a whole god okay um but she had a, she's so funny too. She had a lot of interesting things to say, and I have a clip of her. So we are going to listen to Miss Paige Flowers. Men, um, they get pulled over and they have to dismiss it. And what they don't want too is that, like there was the other sister, her video was posted recently. After 15 minutes, you're allowed to sue their bond for $250,000. And they know this. If they keep you waiting on the side of the road, trying to play games with you, oh, well, you know, we have to check and see uh, the legitimacy of your ID and blah, blah, blah. What they don't want is to be sued. What they don't want is to lose money. And so after a while, they ended up letting her go. And again, like what she was saying, law does not apply to us in the way that we think it does. See, if you think that law applies to you in the same way that it does a citizen, you're going to be sadly mistaken if you're an American national. So you have to always know that even if I'm speeding, even, you know, which I, you know, don't don't go 100 miles per hour just looking for trouble, acting a fool. But even if in the event that you're speeding and you didn't see the officer or whatever the case may be, or ran a red light or whatever, the, the bottom line is that Law does not apply to me as an American national because, again, law is commercial. That is commercial business. It's business. And I'm not a business product. I don't belong as property to the United States Corporation. So even if I can run lights and like she was like, I run lights and speed all up and through here. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, those laws are not subject to me, the living soul. They're subject to the dead entities that are still property of the United States Corporation Company. Now, if you're a United States citizen, it's different for you. But if you're an American national or you've been nationalized, not national, you've been nationalized and naturalized, let's break down the difference between nationalized and naturalized nationalization is for the brothers and sisters who have their uh their nationality meaning that you know our ancestors are from uh north america central america south america okay that is 
naturalization. Uh, no, that's nationalization. Naturalization is for brothers and sisters who are European or of or are different than Moorish American, right? And they're choosing to be a part of the Moorish American government. You see, so they are naturalized, but they are also separate from the United States corporation. This is what I'm saying because people like what Lamont, uh, like Lamont Maurice L was saying is that we're going to have to start telling the truth. That's what he means by that is that, yes, we're going to have to start telling the truth because again, the Europeans, they're going to have to also proclaim their nationality too. Because again, when people start waking up to how deep it is, um, the fraud that's been conducted by the United States corporation, people are not going to be a part of it. When you really see it for what it is and everything that's been happening, what's going on, you all are going to really, really start putting your current elsewhere. You're not going to be paying taxes. You know, you're not going to you're not going to want to comply with these commercial officers and having them play play games with you. You know, I was just out in Oregon and the people there are very woke and aware of what's going on. The people there are super woke in Oregon. Okay, so check her out. So then we have our book, Our Good Read Reco, which will be Vialis by Philip K. Dick. Mm -hmm. I have a clip of him that we're going to listen to in just a moment. But my favorite, I love the book in general. When you hear the first part, you're going to be like, what the fuck? That's what had me hooked, the first sentence. If you want to be a good author, give us a really good first sentence because that's going to determine if we're going to keep reading and flip the page or put the shit down. The cover will reel us in and that first sentence. To me, if being an author in a book was anything like fishing, that bait is, you know, you want the fish, you want it to be some good bait so the fish can bite and you can wheel it on in. So when it comes to a book, you know, that cover, we're going to see that first. Let it be some good bait. But then that first sentence, that's going to reel us in. So, um, my favorite quote in the book is, Rome never ended. Rome never ended. And I wanted to give y'all that, but I wanted y'all to, to get a synopsis of what the book was about. So, I'm going to let you hear Mr. Philip K. Dick. And to be honest, we look at Black Mirror and um, a lot of these TV shows, and they came from his books. He was just ahead of his time. So whether you singing, painting, drawing, whatever, you may be ahead of your time. You may not have no followers. Still put it out there, and eventually your fame will come. You know what I mean? You'll, you'll live on forever. Like, I hate how we do that, though. Michael Jackson's gone. Prince is gone. Like, they have more fans than ever. But where were we when they were right here in our face? It's just, I hate that it's like that sometimes. Um... But that's how the saying goes you you don't know what you have until it's gone right so i'm going to pause for a moment so you can hear philip k dick and i really feel like this book was an autobiography um i'm really starting to look at tv books movies anime like they all are really like documentaries like autobiography like real life but for whatever reason it won't be published or won't be put off until they put fiction on there like why and i know sometimes you may change names and different stuff like that but those little things doesn't make the whole work of art fake you know what i mean you can say these are factual events with some um some you know renamed names or renamed places fictitious names fictitious places but the actual body of the work is fact 
Like, why can't that be a whole genre? Because that's would be the genre that I'm on. Like, they only gave us those two genres, faction, uh, fiction and fact. And I feel like fact is fake. And I feel like fiction is true and real. So why not just call it what it is? This is a factual body of work with fictitious names and places and stuff to protect the identity of those involved like what's wrong with that but anyways so i'm going to push pause for a moment and then you can um hear a snippet of the book chapter one horse lover fat's nervous breakdown began the day he got the phone call from gloria asking if he had any nembutals he asked her why she wanted them and she said that she intended to kill herself she was calling everyone she knew by now she had 50 of them but she needed 30 or 40 more to be on the safe side at once, Horselover Fath leaped to the conclusion that this was her way of asking for help. It had been Fath's delusion for years that he could help people. His psychiatrist once told him that to get well he would have to do two things, get off dope, which he hadn't done, and to stop trying to help people. He still tried to help people. As a matter of fact, he had no nembutals. He had no sleeping pills of any sort. He never did sleeping pills. He did uppers. So giving Gloria sleeping pills by which she could kill herself was beyond his power. Anyhow, he wouldn't have done it if he could. I have ten, he said, because if he told her the truth, she would hang up. Then I'll drive up to your place, Gloria said in a rational, calm voice, the same tone in which she had asked for the pills. He realized then that she was not asking for help. She was trying to die. She was completely crazy. If she were sane, she would realize that it was necessary to veil her purpose, because this way she made him guilty of complicity. For him to agree, he would need to want her dead. No motive existed for him or anyone to want that. Gloria was gentle and civilized, but she dropped a lot of acid. It was obvious that the acid, since he had last heard from her six months ago, had wrecked her mind. "'What have you been doing?' Fat asked. I've been in Mount Zion Hospital in San Francisco. I tried suicide, and my mother committed me. They discharged me last week. Are you cured? he said. Yes, she said. That's when Fat began to go nuts. At the time he didn't know it, but he had been drawn into an unspeakable psychological game. There was no way out. Gloria Knudsen had wrecked him, her friend, along with her own brain. Probably she had wrecked six or seven other people, all friends who loved her, along the way, with similar phone conversations. She had undoubtedly destroyed her mother and father as well. Fat heard in her rational tone the harp of nihilism, the twang of the void. He was not dealing with a person. He had a reflex arc thing at the other end of the phone line. What he did not know then is that it is sometimes an appropriate response to reality to go insane. To listen to Gloria rationally ask to die was to inhale the contagion. It was a Chinese finger trap, where the harder you pull to get out, the tighter the trap gets. All right, and then lastly, I just wanted to end with a quote. Staying committed to healthy daily habits is like writing a series of love letters to your future self by Michelle Clark. Staying committed, it's the staying part for me, to healthy daily habits is like writing a series of love letters to your future self. So when I learn something and I apply it to my life, it's out of love. You think I don't miss chicken? You don't think I don't want to eat sugar all day? You think I don't want to do like a lot of this stuff? But at what cost? 
an early premature death? Absolutely not. Like people are people throw around quotes like you're going to have to work hard to kill me. You're going to have to come harder than that. But you're making it so easy for them. <laughs> they put it in the store and you buy it. They're even lying about these labels like health and stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if G non-GMO is really GMO. Like we just can't trust anything. That's why I'm excited to do healing modalities because there's so many things that we could do to protect ourselves regardless of all the evils that's floating around. And I think the more modalities you have, the better. I think one person can be praying and another person can be doing 78 things. Well, guess what? The person doing them 78 days has a stronger force on their side. I'm just saying. Um, so I wanted to put these together. I wanted to put the life coaching together. I wanted to put the healing modalities together. I wanted to put trauma together. I didn't want to start off with trauma because people always give problems with no solutions. I want to start out with solutions and then work our way to what the problems are. And sometimes you get trauma from generations ahead of you. Do you know it takes three years to clear trauma, generational trauma? So whatever your grandma didn't heal and your mom didn't heal, you're healing. <laughs> it's like, this is like a legacy. Life is like a legacy thing. It's not about you, but that's what they teach us. YOLO, it's all about me, 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 me. Absolutely not. It's about you and three generations ahead of you. Or the three generations that you are a part of. So yeah, that was my quote. All right, so now we can get into the class life coaching certificate course by Kane Ramsey I'm going to pause for a moment just so if somebody wanted to start here they could just start right on this part all right so this is the beautiful attitudes of effective life coaching how important it is how important is it that you trust the people in your life, your wife, your partner, your boss, your friends, or mother? If we don't have anyone in our lives who we believe we can trust, we'll find it difficult to open up and be ourselves around people. Trust is a com complex concept that exists on different levels. For example, you may trust your boss to give you the benefit of the doubt to be fair when it comes to scheduling your holiday time, but you may not necessarily trust your boss with your money, your children, or your house. Another example would be you trust your partner with your life, your home, your belongings, and money, but you may not trust them to remember dates, do the cleaning, or water the plants. Trust is only developed over time after we've demonstrated to another person that we are consistent for them. This is the same for our clients. So as I'm going through this, because I'm my own client, I'm saying for me and myself, because I was learning that if you keep making bad choices, you'll lose self-confidence and self-trust in yourself. So there's a conversation between your higher self and your lower self or your superconscious, your conscious, and your subconscious. So he's saying clients, kind clients, but this go-round is all about me. So I just changed that in my mind to me. Every time I come out here, I swear it's beads. Um, the 13 beautiful attitudes of effective Life coaching are applicable to all aspects of your life, including your personal and professional relationships. That's why I like his training as well, because it's really about you too. It doesn't have to be about coaching someone else. It doesn't have to be about work. He combines the three together and it's so beautiful. These attitudes are not universal fact 
which are meant to be agreed upon with or disagreed with, but they're here to be wrestled with as a challenge to understand with your own terms. The lens that I urge you to look at with these attitudes is asking yourself, how can these ideas enable me to be more valuable and effective in my day-to-day relationships? Number one is the mind and body affect each other. He mentioned a client was saying, I'll be stuck in this dead-end job forever. I'll always be fat and single. What he was saying is, by saying that to himself, his client was on a hamster wheel because your thoughts affect your behavior and that ultimately affects your physical body. Sometimes this takes a form of overeating, other times undereating. Sometimes it leads to us not exercising, not showering or brushing our teeth. Our thoughts can manifest themselves as physical pains, acne, or even digestive issues. So your, your mind influences your behavior and your actions, influences your body, which could result in illnesses. And I, because I, I'm falling in love with equations for some reason. So I put down, when your mind hears, I am beautiful, whether you say it to yourself or someone else says, says it, a smile automatically appears on your face, right? And, or maybe I said that backward. Like when you get your hair done or your nails or whatever new outfit, like you already know that you're beautiful. So when someone says it, it's like a confirmation and you just kind of like smile. You see how they all went together? Um, versus let's say something really bad happens. Like let's say you lose your job and then someone says something to you that's really small, but you blow up because they all went together. You were already in a bad mood because of the situation. Someone else was like the icing on the cake and boom, it exploded. Like, you know, like the, like the perfect concoction for a disaster to happen. Um, so sometimes... Sometimes we have to check how our mind is affecting our body and how our body is affecting our mind because they mirror each other. And I thought that was like awesome. Um, Two is every behavior has a positive intention. Now, this one was kind of surprising to me. He said, what about murderers, rapists, and pedophiles? He's, he said, he, who are we to judge someone's intention? This concept isn't about condoning or even forgiving other people's behavior. It's about ensuring that we don't judge what other people's intentions are. Instead, accept people as imperfect beings. All behavior has positive intention isn't a universal fact. We know that there are people with bad intentions in the world, yet for the purpose of being an effective coach... We must subscribe to the idea of positive intention so that we treat all of our clients equally and fairly. We do not judge people based on their actions and behaviors. Now, I would like to say we've just been programmed to be so opinionated that our opinions just spew out all over the place. I have heard in the spiritual world that the same energy that you use to judge others will come on you. That's even in the Bible. Like um, there was a story about the man that owed someone. He didn't have the money and they forgave him. But he went to someone that owed him and wanted to put them in jail. The person that forgave him ended up putting him in jail for not showing the same mercy that was given upon him. So I think what they're trying to say is that there's a universal law that's telling us to mind our business. 
that karma gonna do what karma need to do and instead of you trying to put punishment on somebody for their bad actions and behaviors you just let karma handle it or that same measure will be onto you and you could have very well been forgiven if you would have had a forgiving heart but since you didn't want to forgive someone else forgiveness is not going to come easy for you too so it's very tricky like the more i study spirituality and i come back to laws and different things like that it's like okay this is what they were trying to say they're they're mirroring each other um but i also want to go back to Paige. she was mentioning how she took some some frog or or toad psychedelic and she was able to get into a body of a child victim of human sacrifice and it was so bad she went to therapy and everything like it really messed her up for about two years and what she got out of it now that she's okay and she understands that she needed to see the wicked her point of view which everybody was being mean to her about was those people need help and healing and if nobody is going to take time to help and heal them they're not going to get better and she has a point i remember saying that one time too like so well this is my point of view you sell weed you go to jail forever although they made this shit free and it's dispensaries everywhere but you molest a child you put your name on a list so that your neighbors will know that you're a child molester it's like both parties need help and they need to be rehabilitated um so it was just like I don't think jail is the solution for these people to rot forever. They're either going to get out and cause more hell. Um, And even though these people are locked behind bars, you know how powerful the mind is. They could be sitting in that cell praying all day to demons and chaos. When they could have been out here focused on paying rent and stuff and won't have time to be doing all of that. Like, just because you put somebody in jail, they're not unstoppable. You just gave them 24 hours a day to either do wonderful prayers and call down angels for healings and raise the frequency or to be calling on demons, doing seances and voodoo hoodoo and uh, causing chaos. Like, what did jail really do? Like, I don't know. I don't think jail is the answer for everything. Out of all the crimes in the world, I think murder and rape should be monitored to a T. But sometimes you can murder someone because the fuck you have to protect yourself. Not, you know, like we have to look at it that way. But I don't think you can slip up and rape somebody. So you either need to be extra careful. And I'm going to have a long talk with my sons. Don't you be drinking with this young lady. <laughs> you make sure she's good and sober. Um... Don't you pressure her or make it seem like she has no way out. That she was pressured to do something with you. Be very careful with these Caucasian women. Like, I'm just going to have to have a real deal talk because you can get into those situations. Now, it's some where you got those massive serial killers running around here raping people. But it's a lot of, like, party situations. Or back. It reminds me of the slavery times where them white women know they was fucking them black men want to holler rape because their mom or dad or somebody found out and it's just it's a slippery slope you know it's just a very slippery slope okay so um i get what you're saying so yeah just mind your business mind your business people gonna get what they deserve just remember that um 
behavior is geared towards adaption when we feel like we don't fit in in life or when we don't live up to certain images we wish to portray we will gear our behavior and appearance in order to blend into the environment and image that we wish to be a part of there's a chance that you adapt in order to fix your sense of isolation and lack of belonging and that's why i mentioned again i put don't change yourself stay yourself um that's why i like people like kilani and stuff like that like uh britney renner no matter what anyone says whatever bad thing they have they're standing on it like that fuck this is me take it or leave it and i just really love that um four is accept the person encourage change and attitude and behavior have you ever been judged for saying or doing something what someone else deemed as wrong? While we would like to believe there is such a thing as universally recognized good and evil, cultures all around the world and people within those cultures have wide and unpredictable conceptualization of what constitutes as good and bad. What is right and wrong varies from person to person, and we all project our most standards onto our expectations of other people. I I had to um okay let me keep going instead of imposing our moral judgment on others we need to choose to separate people from their behaviors people may act and behave inappropriately but the behavior is not the person the behavior can change people who have been judged or torn down because of their actions assign these faults to their sense of self which leaves them feeling underconfident and worthless which can lead to depression and suicide now I agree yeah, that that takes me back to jail a person sold weed because he was trying to help his mama pay the bill he's not a drug addict for the rest of his life he sold a drug that was an act he could surely find a job and not have to sell again like i think we stigmatize people sometimes and, and they never can break away from a mistake i kind of feel like that with i wonder if murder and serial killers and stuff could be real rehabilitated but the more i learn about trauma and stuff that like we really are all walking around here traumatized and i feel like if we all had therapists or life coach or just were required to be accountable because some people are accountable to god right no matter what they're going to always be accountable to god but a lot of us is right here doing whatever the what, what we want to do and not accountable to anybody, not the law, not nothing. And to me, that's the problem. Like something has to <laughs> keep your ass in check. Um, if you don't put a dog in a cage when you come home, the room's going to be messed up. It just is what it is. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think we should just throw everybody away and lock away the key. Like, like even Jason, like I didn't see it because it's, did I see Jason? I saw a scary movie. I don't remember which one it was, but I think, oh, I didn't see Jason. My sister was telling me about it. So he was, I guess, tortured or whatever when he was younger, and that's what encouraged him to go do that. You get what I'm saying? So we just see, oh my God, a serial killer. We have to kill him. But no one addressed what happened to him that turned him into this monster. You get what I'm saying? The world is so reactive, it's too late. They needed you years ago. We need to be proactive. Let's monitor these kids. Let's get all these kids therapy. Let's figure out what these traumas are for these kids so that we can address them. So that by the time they graduate, they'll be great adults with healthy mind, body, and soul going out into this universe raising the frequency. But you don't hear anybody talking about that. Not at all. Okay. Um, 
There is no such thing as failure, only feedback to be received. Think about times in your life when you fail miserably. Our relationships with with failure is related to our ability to pick ourselves up and carry on. Some people see failure as good things, others see it as traumatic things. However, the people who tend to view failure negatively are usually the ones who believe that their past reflects their future. Therefore, they maintain the mindset that they are destined to always be a failure and fail at everything they do. This mindset, remember he was telling us about the mind, limits people's ability to learn and grow because they see failure as a full stop rather than a comma. When we modify our relationship with failure, we give ourselves a more powerful foundation to build our life upon. Now, I have contemplated suicide in the past, um, like years ago and, and like two years ago. And my favorite symbol for suicide survivors, I've never jumped or took something, but it definitely crossed my mind. I definitely want to get out. Some very close calls. Um, and my family and friends, like, stepped in and saved me, like, literally. Um, but there is, semicolon reminds a suicide survivor to not stop, like, the period, but to keep going, like, the comma. But my favorite symbol is the period and a heart instead of a comma. Because keep going because you love yourself. Keep going because there's people that love you. Keep going because there's so much love you have to give to this world. Keep going because, like, I'm trying to tell you. So he's right about that. Okay, so six. Respect the other person's model of the world, even if you don't understand it. This principle does not endorse the idea that people have total freedom to do and say whatever they want in life. However, our role is to remain neutral um to understand their position and perspective of the world even if you don't understand or agree with it you just the goal is to help them uncover and understand their viewpoint for themselves so that they can see the link between their perspectives and their life experiences as much as we do so it's important that we guide them through this process with respect and patience so before i was doing this podcast i was thinking i was thinking life coach and therapists and um rinky healers and people that help with all types of uh spiritual modality healing modalities people are really saying oh my god i can't see i can't see i can't see so they're going to these outlets for help and the helpers the teachers the you know healers and all and they're saying baby you got two eyes you can see well, what I can do is I can give you some glasses that can strengthen your vision so that you can see better. I just feel like that's all they're doing. They, they, they understand that you have this one, you only know one way of eating. Well, let me, let me show you some other foods that you can eat. Let me tell you about some fruits and vegetables. Let me tell you about some vitamins so that you can do it healthier and get healthier results. We know you know how to eat because you eat every day. But let me show you. I just feel like they're guides. They're just guiding you to new paths. Want to know why? Because we aren't getting keys to unlock these new doors. It's like they programmed us one way and we're stuck on these hamster wheels. And I feel like being conscious and awake is just getting off the fucking hamster wheel. It's like instead of you giving me one book to read, I'm going in the library and picking out my own books to read. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I really I was like, oh, my gosh, they're guys. They're really angels. Like we're really helping each other. 
And you want to know, a lot of these healers were wounded themselves. They overcame because someone helped them. They came up with a book or, or a movie or whatever, and they're helping others. Like, whatever your gift is, that's how you're going to heal the world. You're going to, whatever your wound is, you're going to heal it. And however you heal that wound, whatever creative avenue you want to use, you're going to heal others. And that's literally life. That's all they need to put on a t-shirt, put it on the car sticker, and just let the world know. It's not as hard as we think it is. They just got us looking at all the wrong stuff. So seven. There are no bad people, just unhealthy attitudes, habits, and behaviors. This one was interesting to me. This is another principle which many people find hard to swallow. While we... While we have all met bad people in life who have offended, hurt, angered, or frustrated us, are people who know it's not like we are immune to doing these things ourselves. Honestly, you've hurt someone, you've upset someone, you've done these things too. So the same way that you give grace and mercy and love and kindness to yourself, you have to extend that to others. So a bad, the bad person did a bad thing. You can't label them as a bad person. Um... And again, it doesn't negate the fact that they they did something horrendous, unforgivable, wrong, torturous. It just you're just calling it an act and not the actual being. Um, he says it's almost impossible to judge people as good or bad based on limited interactions with them. Usually you have to dig a little deeper to see what their underlying intentions are therefore embracing the idea that there are no bad people but there are different people allows us to ask more helpful empowering questions from a from a positive from a position free and a judgment and prejudice free role and i have to do that myself like the more questions i ask the more answers i'll get that will help me make better decisions without those questions that made a wrong decision and end up down the road i don't want to be down so, of course, everybody puts their best foot forward, but questions, baby, questions will weed them out. Um, and then if you just label someone as bad, they're just going to continue to cause chaos. You don't see me as good anyway, so I'm going to keep fucking shit up. But if you give me a chance to grow and evolve and be a better me, that's all everybody wants and everybody deserves that, right? We're human beings with free will and everything that we do, every actions that, that we take, whether we say something, whether it's deed, X, Y, Z, it can be good or bad. That doesn't make us good or bad. You could do, you could be number one rapist in the world and donate and do a whole bunch of good stuff. You're not good. You just did a couple of good things and then vice versa. So I guess the best way to say it is in the Bible, it says you judge the tree by its fruit. If all you dropping down is bananas, baby, it's a banana tree. But of course, with scientists and stuff, <laughs> you might have three. My mom told me there's a tree that bears three fruits. Now what? You done messed up the whole scripture. Okay. Number eight, there are no inflexible clients, only rigid thinkers. Sometimes, sometimes we can be our own worst enemies in this life. People come to us and they know something needs to change. They just don't know how. See what I mean? They don't think they can or they don't know how. It's important as a life coach to not be frustrated with an unwilling client, but instead recognize 
this as a rule to keep your defense mechanism, which it's their job to help the client to recognize and break down. So getting somebody an answer to the test is not going to help them. If someone has to, my niece just took a driving test so she's able to drive. If I would have went online and took the test for her and she didn't know the rules, like stop me and stop, she would get out there and made a whole mess. Like you can't take people's tests for them. But what you could do is you could go over the test with them. You could practice with them. You can um, tell them how you came up with the answers and give them practice tests and practice quiz and all like that to make sure they understand it. And I kind of feel like that's how life is. Like if God just gave us all the answers, do we really know? No, we have to put this into play, into play, into action. Like, you remember in high school, they would have that mock marriage class where you would take the egg home. You have a whole baby and it does not compare. Like, <laughs> completely different scenario, okay? Um, so, yeah. Life coaches, whether it's for yourself, for your friends and family, or for actual clients, the whole point is helping that person recognize for themselves. Because we do have free will, so... A person isn't going to change unless they want to change for themselves. Is basically what he's trying to say. Alright, so number nine. People make the best choices they can at the time. This was a life changer for me. None of us want to hurt other people. We don't go out of our way to let people down. Disappoint people or others, upset others. But we all do. This can get frustrating to explain when the other person we hurt or left down acts as though we did this to them purposefully. Like we had no ill intent. We know we feel the same way when others let us down, hurt us, or we believe that it was malit with what mal mal intent. We have to learn that it can't work one way for us, but a different way for others. The attitude embraces the idea that everyone is doing the best they can. It pushes aside our temptations and assumes the worst in people when they do or say offensive or hurtful things. This attitude extends to other people as well as ourselves. There's no use in beating yourself up in life for the things that you did or said that you regret. Provided you're open to learning from your errors, it's time to cut yourself and others some slack to learn from errors. And I had to um, realize that for myself. I do beat myself up because I'm like, oh my God, I knew. I knew that that could be the result, but I wanted to be so optimistic and hope that it would be something else. And it turned out to be exactly what I thought it was going to be. It's like, don't stay on that hamster wheel. Say, okay. Where, where do we learn from this? Because we're not going to do this again, right? <laughs> so learn learn from the error and don't stay on that memory lane or keep punching yourself like a punching bag. Like, it's okay. What did you learn? And move on. Or put it in a book and make some money. Hello. Um, number 10. People respond to their experiences, not to the reality itself. Uh, he mentioned... People who may have a more socio-political experience of something similar to the offensive matter may use their experience as validation for its offensiveness. While those who were sheltered or inexperienced in the subject can't comprehend why it will be regarded as offensive. So who is to say one is the reality and the other is not? Both opinions come from a real world. Both arguments exist in reality. But both arguments aren't responding to the actual reality, but to their perception of reality. To me, that's interesting. A rich person may think 
Like, didn't Kim K just say, women need to work. They're so lazy. Just work and make money. Because you don't know how it is to raise kids by yourself. You have nannies. You have chefs. You have drivers. You have all that other stuff. Yeah, it's easy for you to say that from your perspective, from your lens view, from, from the life that you have. But could you easily say that if you were a regular woman working a nine to five? No. So that statement may be very true to her. She may feel like, hey, work, I work and I get money. That, that's how you do it. But she's only able to respond from her point of view. So what I've learned to say is, you know, this is my opinion from my point of view. I'm single. I'm not married. I don't have kids. So this is how I see it. I, I, you know, so when it comes up to a marriage situation, uh, you know, I'm not really there to, to say, or as a mom, uh, I'm not really there to say, I can only give you my truth from, from my position, which could very well change when I get, when I'm in another role, that's very possible. So I think that just gives grace for, for people, um, I think we're so opinionated we want everybody to agree with us but no there's a mil- we're so diverse everyone has different f- opinions and they're all valid i think we just have to decide am i going to continue this conversation is it too upsetting do i want to be around this person do i want to be in this environment it's just like a choice okay so now that you've heard uh, the opposing side what are you going to do with it um you can't force them to agree with you and i think that's how i've been a lot like you don't see it this way but you don't see it this way like no honey they don't they just don't okay so everyone is doing their best with the resources that they have it's easy for us to judge our past selves for being subpar we tear ourselves down beat ourselves up over all the things we didn't do failed or underachieved um, personally or professionally in these cases we need to practice self-compassion and acceptance to our past selves and accept that we couldn't do back then with the resources that we have now just because we're wiser better skilled and more equipped today and could therefore probably have handled our past situations better. It doesn't mean that our past selves were lesser than. We would never dream of berating or being ashamed of a six-year-old self for the poor grammar and spelling skills or our five-month-old selves for being so dirty and unable to walk because we accept that our child selves were limited in their resources. The same compassion needs to be extended to our teenage and adult selves, even ourselves of last week and yesterday. We're always on a journey of growth, and with growth, we acquire more resources don't judge your past selves for what your present self is capable of that was my favorite one like yes you're growing every day and i used to say i want just want to be better me today than i was yesterday okay 12 all things are possible with the right attitude and strategy everything seems impossible when we first think about it um he mentioned barack obama He wouldn't have been the black president of the United States if he didn't believe it. Yet he did. The only reason people achieve what they achieve in life is because they choose to believe that they are capable of the impossible and they work towards making it happen. You're not going to know how to make the impossible happen. But. But in time, they learn how. They practice in fields they knew would teach them what they needed to, and they worked their way up. They learned along the way how to get to the impossible. The answer didn't come to them in a dream or a textbook. They discovered the answers themselves through growth and hard work. 
that's how you achieve your impossible dreams as well. Don't allow yourself to be disenfranchised from your past failure. Failure is a part of the journey to success. And I will always remember that. Whoever invented Thomas Jefferson light bulb, I want to say like 200 times. Let me see. Thomas Edison, I said the wrong name, made over 10,000 attempts before finally demonstrating the world's first working light bulb in 1879. Asked by a reporter, how did it feel to fail 10,000 times? Edison simply replied, I didn't fail 10,000 times. The light bulb was an invention with 10,000 steps. Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> Now, this, this is my thing. I'm so impatient. I would not have made it 10,000 times. I would, that wouldn't have been me. The light bulb wasn't given to me because God said, this child going to try maybe 10 times and that's it. But literally, that's life. We all have a number. You try at, you know, some people, their first marriage is amazing. Some people, it takes five. Some people, their first job is amazing. Some people, you know, it takes 10, you know. We all have different numbers based on us. But the point is, don't give up and you'll get that. If you really want it, you'll get it, right? He really wanted it. He didn't give up 10,000 times. And then you see how he answered? I didn't fail 10,000 times. The light bulb was invented with 10,000 steps. Like, oh my God, okay. So this is the last one, y'all. Uh, 13, all coaching must aid maturity, decisiveness, and strength of character. This is all uh, uh, this is all about us developing a goal which we are committed to pursuing. Clients will come to life coaches when they have emotional problems such as depression, anxiety, stress, low self-esteem, but our job isn't to make other people feel better. Our job is to help clients develop an authentic and strong sense of self, which in terms helps them manage and regulate their own emotions without our help. Our job is to help clients become better people rather than help our clients feel better. Like, what better people? So that's what I was mentioning about. Okay, you're going to lock all the people up. What about therapy? Like, if children are the future, then they need the best therapist. They need the best life coach. They need the best mentor. They need the best trainers. All probably when they're born like why even wait at age just have them on standby like right there walking them through this thing called life why do we wait until they're grown about to check out hurting other people unhealed and then trying to get help to unravel all the chaos like is that isn't that backwards i keep saying why are we reactive instead of proactive like i don't i have trauma i don't want my child to deal with trauma guess what we're gonna be going to therapy before the trauma even hit, they don't know what therapy is. They don't know what life coach is. They don't know all these healing modalities before you even enter the world of life with pain and stuff. Before you get hurt and need to heal yourself, I want you to know all the avenues of healing. It's like we're doing this thing backwards. As backwards. School is not what it should be. School is not what it should be, honey. And I think it's only here. The rest of the world, they're a little different. It's here. In this KKK place, it's messed up for sure. Um, and the rest of the world have their problems too, but 
when I get to the trauma podcast and you see the list of trauma, for example, growing up in poverty is trauma. What? Binding with someone over trauma and thinking you're in love, but y'all actually trauma bind. What? It's like... <laughs> I'm going to have to make sure my kids have someone fun in their life because I'm going to be on their ass like teacher mode. So somebody else going to have to swoop in and make sure they have a balanced life because I have a mission, okay? School is every day with my mom. It sure is. What do we learn today? All right, so that completes um, today's episode. Check it out. I mean, there's a lot more, but this is episode is already long. I don't want to keep going. Let me see. Well, yeah, let me do this next one. So 10 powerful creative problem solving questions. What is the simplest, most obvious solution to the problem? If all limitations were removed, what could we do to resolve the issue? If you knew we couldn't fail, what crazy idea could we try? What's the single most important thing to focus on here? What are some radically new and different ways to approach the challenge? What possibilities have we missed or not considered? If we dig deeper, what would we discover and learn about ourselves? How would your five-year-old self solve this problem? How would you solve this problem 10 years from now? What are some of the worst ideas we can think of? In what way can we turn this into a golden opportunity? Like, literally, you can apply that to everything in your life. I literally just figured out for a situation I'm in right now. And it just helped me look at it like, oh, okay. Like, I just wasn't looking at it the right way. So we know what we need to do. It's just do it. So, yeah, I will catch you guys on the next episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Um, It's okay to go to self-coach therapy and stuff like that. But there are a lot of self-books out here. This is the age of information, like, we can find a lot of the answers ourselves but i know some people are more introverted and some people are more extroverted but this class was very cheap y'all like literally life-changing class where you can help yourself and turn it into a business make money for yourself and your family but starting with you the most important equation in all of that is you healing yourself and be certified so check it out i was telling my mom i feel like everybody everybody is addicted to something and everybody has trauma but we're all working around unhealed so we pick on the people in the in asylum and we call them crazy because they're locked away when in actuality we're the crazy ones that are out in the open hurting and killing and causing harm and danger to each other it's like and then when i think about jesus they always called him a healer a healer a healer it was that many dang on sick people absolutely sick in their mind body and soul and so I feel like that's the journey of life to heal your mind, body, and soul, like the, like the poem that I wrote, um, to find those healing modalities, heal yourself, and find a creative way to help others. Which I don't want to say heal others because they have to do it themselves, but at least put it out there so they can get it. So I will catch you guys on the next episode. Happy Mother's Day once again. Bye. It's 7.9 billion people in this world, yet you met me. And that is not by happen chance. It's a divine meeting. And may we guide each other well. If life is a school, what lesson did you learn today? What class did you take today? Did you pass or fail your test or pop quiz? If so, it's okay. Failing allows you to restudy an area that you're weak in so you can try again better than before and pass with 100%. Keep learning, evolving, and spreading love. And I hope you see the fruits of your labor. 
Namaste, love say, and always vibe high, babe. Thanks a million for listening. I hope you have a better than great day. Love you. Talk to you later. Mwah. Bye.